Hey, I'm Alessio Summerfield, and you're listening to Metal Gear Monday's Backlog. If you hear some weird shit about Patreons that aren't this one, don't listen to them. Just go to patreon.com slash Mondays or soundcloud.com slash Mondays for cool stuff. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to another episode of Metal Gear Mondays. Uh, my name is Alessio Summerfield, uh, your host as always, and today I am joined by Sam Wright. Hey, yo, yo. And here we are for another week of a micro episode. A side up, uh, if you will. Yeah, if you will. Um, and some some will, because I've seen it. Um, <laughs> uh, today we're going to be covering a little... little not necessarily a loose connection to the Metal Gear series, because I think that they are kind of uh, tied you know, within their DNA to each other. Um, but we are going to be covering a non-Metal Gear game, our first for the show. Um, this is Zone of the Enders for the PlayStation 2. Um, I know we've given them a ton of love in the past, but the DuckFeed.tv podcast network has done a full episode of Watch Out for Fireballs, their retro game uh, book club style show on Zone of the Enders. Um, and they spent a majority of it talking about the Metal Gear Solid 2 demo, um, but they do eventually get to Zone of the Enders, and it is a great podcast, as always, from those fine gentlemen. Um, so if you like what we are kind of dipping our toes into and you want something a little bit more robust, um, I would definitely check out their episode um, as it goes a full hour and a half, as opposed to the 20 to 30 minutes that we will dive into for this show. Um, Sam, I... Um, I could speak at length about my times with this game, but I wanted to uh, first kind of touch base with you. What was your first experience playing Zone of the Enders? Um, I remember the first time I ever played it. I actually played Zone of the Enders 2 before I played Zone of the Enders 1. Nice. Honestly. Um, but the first time I actually played Zone of the Enders 1 was, um, funnily enough, when the HD versions came out. Oh, gotcha. I actually know a fair amount of people that that was kind of their first foray into those games. Um, and it's actually interesting because Zone of the Enders 1 and 2 on the HD collection, um, Zone of the Enders, the second runner, um, actually has some really weird frame rate problems on the PS3. Um, nothing crazy, but um, I do know specifically in the kind of more heavily uh, visually affected parts of the game, um, the frame rate slows down tremendously. And I know playing multiplayer, which is what I did a lot of um, on the second runner, um, the multiplayer has a little bit of a frame rate issue um, on the PS3, but Zone of the Enders 1 is actually a perfect recreation. Um, that's interesting. So coming from the more robust, kind of better game that is 2, what was your experience like playing Zone of the Enders 1? Um, it was a little uh, rough, honestly, because like, the, the few things that I do remember from playing it was like the weird grid system. Wasn't there like a weird grid system for like traveling and stuff? Yeah, kind of like the overworld map. Yeah, yeah. It was always really weird to me. I don't know. Yeah, and I didn't think the battles like flu like were as fluid as they were into the second runner. Yeah, the the second runner is definitely way more focused on almost being. I've, I don't know. I've heard it referred to as almost being like Devil May Cry with robots. Um, very very mm. fast, fluid, stylish, kind of uh, beautiful game. 
Um, and Zone of the Enders 1, you can kind of see where it got its start, but it's by no means um, held up, I would say, to the test of time. Um, it's actually a little bit more worn for wear. But um, but yeah, so a little bit of background for those of you who are unfamiliar with this series. Um, and it's interesting to call it a series because you could almost say that Zone of the Enders, the second runner, is kind of the rest of the story that we kind of don't get at the end of Zone of the Enders 1. Yeah. Um, and uh, other than... Zone of the Enders 1 is like surprisingly short. Oh, it's insanely short. Um, other than these two games, there was a tactics strategy game um, uh, that Zone of the Enders um, had released on the Game Boy Advance. Um, I, it has Mars in the title, but it is completely slipping my mind at the moment. Um, it's actually a pretty fun little game. I've played it a little bit. Um, however, um, it started out with Zone of the Enders. Um, it was originally developed for the PlayStation and the PC, but Konami's staff had no intention of releasing them on the PlayStation or the PC. Um, they were built for the PS2. Um, essentially, it was a way to utilize the new technology because this game came out fairly early on in the PS2 life cycle. Um, and it was kind of Konami's way of showing uh, other developers, like, look at what we've done with this new technology and look at how cool of a game that we can make. And it was honestly a little bit more of like a tech demo kind of proof of concept. Look at this kind of cool, stylish, fast, slick game that we can put together. Um, and maybe we'll do something more with it. Maybe not, but who knows? Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that other than the MGS2 demo that was packed in, I think if I paid full price for this game, I would be severely disappointed. Um, how, 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 how do you feel about that? Um, I guess I could agree with that a little bit. It's just such a, I don't know, like I, so I played this game as a rental around the time that it came out. Mm. Um, a good friend of mine, um, I believe the second runner had already come out. Um, and he and I played that a lot. And I was like, I love this game. Um, and he was telling me, oh, there's a first one. You should play it before you play the story any further in the second runner so that you kind of know what's going on. Um, because spoiler alert, Leo, the protagonist from Zone of the Enders 1, um, reappears in Zone of the Enders 2 in a really cool way, especially if you're a Gal uh, not Galaga, if you're a Gradius fan. Um, he kind of shows back up in a really cool way, um, flying the ship from Gradius. Um, and uh, my buddy was like, you really got to play the first one so you can kind of understand what the story is. Um, and so I went and played the first one and was really excited, kind of wanting this big sprawling game, kind of like 2. Um, and after, honestly, like, not even, I don't even know if it was two hours. Um, they were like, essentially the premise of the game is that you start out on this colony, um, and the colony is being attacked by um, terrorists. Um, and uh, this boy, Leo, unassuming boy, ends up becoming the pilot of an orbital frame called Jehuti, um, and uh, ends up essentially uh, being tasked with de delivering this orbital frame off of the station before the terrorist forces can get to uh, the the technology um, because it's kind of their target. That's what they want. Um, and so there are two orbital frames. There's Anubis and Jehuti, and the terrorists have already procured Anubis, um, and essentially you're trying to get rid of... Uh, you're trying to take Jehuti um, off-site. However, Leo being the um, almost painfully stereotypical anime hero that he becomes, <laughs> um, he... Uh, he decides that he's not in it to just get Jehuti off of the station. Um, he wants to also save his friends um, and any sort of uh, civilians that he comes across because in a painful, painful way, he literally refuses to kill anybody. So 
if I remember correctly, you don't defeat, you don't, you don't <coughs> kill any humans until the end of the game, and arguably, um, the death is a suicide because uh, uh, she knows um, that Viola knows that uh, Leo will not kill her because he refuses to. Um, so it's very frustrating um, having a game with such big lofty themes as what is life, what is living all about, and then having it told through um, this lens of like a prepubescent boy who um, sort of refuses to take action. Um, I, I'm not, and I'm not trying to say like, oh, you should just kill people. I'm not at all trying to say that, but it's just very frustrating that Leo almost refuses to take a stance on anything in the game um, and makes it really painful as the player to kind of have to like line your uh, sort of role playing up with this character who's kind of hard to get in the same shoes of. Um, It's an interesting game. I will say this story is way better told in anime. Um, I would go watch Neon Genesis Evangelion and have a way better version of this kind of trope um, unfold. Um, for lack of a better word. Which has one of the greatest uh, theme songs in anime history. Um, it's called A Cruel Angel's Thesis in English, but in Japanese it's called Zenkoku na Tenshi no Thies, um, which is, it's just amazing. I had it as my my ringtone, an 8-bit version of it, for a very long time. Zenkoku na Tenshi no Yoni Nice. But anyway. Um, but kind of tying um, Zone of the Enders and what it has anything to do with into uh, Metal Gear, um, which is what this show is about, um, Hideo Kojima was a producer um, on the game. And likewise, um, Yoji Shinkawa, um, who is the designer, um, mechanical designer and um, character designer um, for Metal Gear, um, designed the mechs in the game, the orbital frames. Um, He wanted to make them look as cool as he could, um, but he also wanted to um, make them sort of move in a way that would make the player kind of feel empowered. Um, Essentially, and this is amazing, and it kind of comes back in Metal Gear with some of the Metal Gear designs. Um, As a joke, Shinkawa was like, well, the cockpit of the mech is going to be literally the cock of the mech. Um, (laughs) And for some fucking reason, it made it through. Like Konami and everybody was like, sure, why not? Let's do it. Um, and so what started out as a joke turned into the actual design. So all of the orbital frames ha- store their pilots within their penises. Within their massive cocks. Well, yeah, their robot like, cocks. Quite, quite literally. Exactly. Their robot cocks. Um, so honestly, needless to say, if it wasn't for the Metal Gear Solid 2 demo pack-in, um, a lot of people probably would not have played Zone of the Enders. Um, and if they did, it probably wouldn't be until the HD collection, which may or may not have ever even come out if the original game did not sell very well. Right. Um, so, I don't know. Um, Kojima, as a producer, heavily recommended the use of, like, techno-pop music. So there's a lot of, like... I don't know. There's a lot of really cool kind of, like... Um, I'm trying to think of... It, to me, it almost sounds like cathedral techno, if that makes a sense. Like, it sounds like this kind of, like, fantasy star online um, kind of weird organ tones and lots of reverb and kind of very spacey like Blade Runner music, um, but more poppy. 
Um, but it's that combined with kind of some like anime esque kind of end credit music. Um, the theme song for Zone of the Enders is called Kiss Me Sunlights, and it was composed and performed by Heart of Air, if that tells you guys anything, um, just by the titles. <laughs> it tells me literally nothing. Yes. Um, the music was composed by, um, it was Norihiko Hibino, um, who actually did a lot of the um, musical composition on the Metal Gear games, um, Maki Kirioka, and Akihiro Honda. Um, and I hope to God I pronounced this correctly. Um, definitely feel free to send me a note if I fucked up. Um, hate-fueled rant. Yeah, or a hate-fueled rant or a one-star after iTunes our, review. Yeah, after our uh, our wonderful discussion about uh, uh, Asian folk oh, totally. in the Metal Gear Solid Part 2 episode. Yes. <laughs> um uh, there are multiple endings in the game uh, that are all unlocked depending on how well you do at protecting civilians. I'm going to go ahead and say that I've seen them. They're not that drastically different, so please do not kill yourself and try and 100% this game. It's pretty easy to do. Honestly, I think sitting down with it, you could probably get like a platinum trophy on the PS3 re-release in an afternoon if you knew what you yeah. were doing. Um, okay. I don't even know if there is a platinum available for it, um, but it would be easy to get all of the trophies. Um, but yeah, no, the game, uh, it's okay. It's a, it's, the idea is cool. Again, I think that the protagonist's character and sort of the plot itself is a little short, short lived and not very developed. Um, going back to what I was saying and what you were saying about it feeling short, um, essentially by the time you get to the, um, sort of zone that will take Jehuti out of the station and you have your final boss fight and then you end up confronting Anubis who brutally beats your ass. Um, Leo and Jehuti do get away and there's this kind of cool sequence where um, essentially they're like, okay, cool. We finally got Jehuti off the space station. Well, let's send it to Mars. And to me, I was like, fuck yeah, dude. This is where the game begins. Like, it's going to oh, open up. Which, it's going to be awesome. And then, it's, By the way, it's called The Fist of Mars. There we go. The GBA game is called The Fist of Mars. Um, I was just like, man, this is great. It's about to open up and get really crazy. And this, all, this whole first part was just kind of a tutorial or something. Um, the game just fucking ends. The credits just start rolling. And mm-hmm. I was disappointed and immediately went out and got the second game just to figure out or just to play more um, and see where it goes. Um, again, I would heavily recommend the second game. Um, I would play the first game as well if you buy the HD re-release, but I would not go out of your way to try and procure a copy. If they're expensive, I'm not sure if they are these days. I know the second runner runs for a lot on the PS2. Um, yeah. The HD collection, if you have a PS3, the HD collection is like 40 bucks. Yeah, and you get... I just sa- I just save yourself the hassle. Yeah, and you get both games. I'm actually my good friend James and his wife Allison... Uh, bought me the Zone of the Enders HD Limited Edition. Um, and so it comes in a very nice box, and it comes with a book of artwork, which was fantastic. Um, mm. So thanks to them tremendously. Um, but um, yeah. Another thing, too, if you want to like beef up like your understanding of the story around the time of the first game, there actually are two anime series. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, that I had no idea existed until very recently. Um, that I've been meaning to check out. The first one is called um, Zone of the Enders 2167 Idolo, huh. um, which came out in February of 2001, and it's um, kind of a prequel series, um, and it tells a story of the first person who ever piloted an orbital frame. And then the one that comes um, after is called came out in September 2001, um, 
which as we frequently allude to, nothing important happened in that time. Uh, oh, not at all. Um, uh, it's called Zone of the Enders Dolores I, um, which is a follow-up to Idolo, but like the first 12 episodes take place before the first game, and the rest of the series takes place after the first game. Nice. So it kind of fills in some story gaps, if that's something you may be interested in. Nice. Yeah, and that being said, too, um, this is a series that has an interesting story to tell. I just feel like, and even somewhat in the second runner, I just feel like the Zone of the Enders games have a really weird problem of having like a cool world with cool lore, but showing it to you through the eyes of a shitty protagonist. Um, And so, I don't know, it's, it's interesting, but... I wish that they would do something more with the with the story and kind of open it up a bit more. So who knows? Maybe if there's ever a uh, sequel to the second runner um, that actually comes <laughs> out. Um, there was one announced in 2012 called The Ender's Project is what it was being, like the working title. Um, however, um, it was canceled a year later uh, due to issues with uh, some of the HD ports that came out as well. So, I don't know if you heard my hearty laugh just then. Yeah, so I, I don't. I feel like Half Life Three is going to come out before Zone of the Enders Three ever gets even like thought about. Dude, at this point with uh, Misadventures of Tron Bon and the original Mega Man Legends being on the PSN store, I almost feel like Mega Man Legends Three has a better chance of coming out than Zone of the Enders Three. Yeah, probably. So who knows? But. Anyway, yeah, that's uh, that's it for our micro episode on Zone of the Enders. Just a quick little taste. Um, if you have any comments or thoughts on Zone of the Enders, um, if you're a huge fan of the series and you think that we've done you a great disservice by not talking sweet sugar for Zone of the Enders 1. I swear to God, let's you. Definitely let us know. Um, and as always, you can um, rate and review us on iTunes. That would be extremely helpful, even if it's a negative review. We, we love reviews of all variety. Um, and you can check us out on it, uh, not iTunes. You can check us out on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Facebook as Geek Time Pod. Um, you can go to our website, which is the Geek Time Network. You can visit us at geekti.me. There's a contact form up in the top left if you click the button, or if you want to go to geekti.me backslash wp backslash contact, um, which uh, will also take you to that same page. Um, and you can send us any of your thoughts. Um, and uh yeah that's about it sam do you have any more admin notes um i just wanted to throw out there like we are very sorry that we had to like throw you out some padding these two weeks because i know like anybody who cares about us or kind of chomping to hear us talk about the next part of metal gear solid 2 um but you know alessio has been slash will be out of the country when this episode comes out and um it's kind of hard to record a podcast when you, somebody your critical host is backpacking around Europe sorry so <laughs> so um, hopefully we will be back with some regularly scheduled programming next week totally and thank you guys so much for um, sticking through um, and uh, showing us that you guys really um, are listening to the Metal Gear Mondays podcast um, it's been very very nice to look at iTunes and kind of see some of the, the activity that's going on with the show Um, Not only does that motivate us to continue to do this because we see that people are listening, um, but it motivates us to do things like provide content for you even whenever we're out of the country um, because I don't want to leave you guys with a week where we don't have something coming out. 
So that being said, uh, definitely check out the rest of the shows on the Geek Time Network. Um, and keep your uh, eyes on the Geek Time Network website because we will be rolling out some new shows um, further down the line. So thank you so much, guys. Um, as always, I've been Alessio Summerfield, and thanks so much for joining me on these two micro-episodes. Sam, uh, what can the audience remember to do? Oh, to do? Yeah. Remember, it's just a box. Just a box. Just a box.